And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. I am your host, Wes Tankersley. I want to thank Jay Finning for his lending his voice to my intro because every time I listen to that, that booming voice just kind of welcomes everyone to the show. If you're watching this live, can you please do me a favor? Start a watch party. If you are listening to it on the podcast, please go ahead, do a like, share, and review and uh, help us to grow the show because we can't grow without your help. Hey, our guest today is a returning guest. His name is Zach Johnson. He is a pro baseball player. He lives in Germany. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Welcome back, Zach. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's always uh, great to connect, and I know obviously being able to do a lot of insightful stuff for different people is amazing, so excited to be here. Yeah, you know, and we talked about, we've been talking about this for a while. I've known you for almost a year now. And we've been talking about kind of doing some sort of like show together where we can post one on mine, one on yours, and kind of just keep it going. Because I think that there's so many things that we share. A little bit of the difference is, is that you come from a pro athlete perspective, and I come from kind of just that regular everyday perspective and trying to change the way that people think. So we're going to talk a little bit about mindset today. Yeah. One I'm of the th- excited to dive into it. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to talk about, because you and I have had conversations before about, the switch that you have as a professional athlete when you go into the dugout and what that looks like. I don't know that many people understand the way that baseball is kind of a business when you get out of college. Can you kind of explain the transition from college to professional level and and kind of how that how that mindset kind of shapes the way that you participate in the sport? Yeah, one of the biggest things I think for the transitional for a lot of people is when you're in high school, when you're in college, right? You obviously want to be personally successful. You want to have that, you know, stats and everything, but you also want the team to be successful. You're rooting for the guy beside you. You're rooting for, you know, the the development of them. And then you're also, your coach is right there trying to help you with the development and kind of getting everything going. And as you transition into professional, what you really notice is teams want to be successful, but at the same time, each guy's fighting for that position, right? There's so many guys behind you that want that position that you can have a bad week, bad weekend, bad couple of weeks, and all of a sudden your job's gone. So you have to, instead of being so set on being, you know, kind of more of a team camaraderie, you know, you really have to stay to yourself and really stay in your own lane. So you kind of have to develop a little bit more of an introverted personality when you're at the field, because all it takes is one little complaint to a teammate who maybe sees an opportunity to take that position from you. He goes to the coach, goes to the GM, says something, and also next thing you know, your contract's gone or you're sitting on the bench. So definitely changed it a lot. So you really have to kind of find your lane, so to say, and really dive into who you're going to be and what you want, you know, your career to transcend to be essentially. Yeah. And you kind of, we talked about it a little bit earlier today. We were talking about how it kind of becomes this where you are a, you're a, it's a team sport, but it turns into like an individual team sport. And when I say that, when I was coaching high school baseball, you know, we're sitting here and like you said, it's more of that team atmosphere where everyone, everyone's success is everyone's success. Whereas when you're under contract and you're getting paid to do a job, the person who is buying for your position wants to outwork you, wants to outhustle, wants to earn your position. So if you don't perform, then your job is essentially gone, correct? Yeah. Well, and, and I think one of the, you know, one of the best examples of that of all time is you look at Luke Eric. That is a guy that obviously he's a you know a legend. He's bigger than life in the game of baseball. But that is a guy who we know who he is simply because the guy in front of him got hurt and he took that position and never gave it up. 
if that wouldn't have happened, we none of us might know who Lou Gehrig was, right? And so to think about that, you know, that really puts it in perspective. Somebody that was that talented and was that, you know, major in the spectrum of the world with what, it, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease has become connected with ALS and it's done some amazing things down that road. That almost didn't happen, right? And if it can happen in that situation, you know, it kind of really puts it in perspective, no matter who you are. You know, there's a chance your position might be gone and somebody might just step in. So, yeah, it really does become an individual team sport where, you know, you really kind of are on an island. And what's really interesting is you'll see a lot of the pitchers will communicate and befriend the position players instead of their fellow pitchers because they don't want to have that camaraderie and maybe slip up. Whereas the same thing, you know, it's kind of outfielders will stick with pitchers, outfielders and infielders will be friends, but outfielders typically aren't friends with the other outfielders. It's really strange dynamic. Honestly, it's uh, it's very different. And you, for your professional career, you've played a bunch of different positions. You talked about kind of, I think you called it like the grease guy, the guy who could play anywhere. You could pitch, you could catch, you could play in the infield outfield. How does that kind of play into that? That's got to be a tough situation when you're a professional athlete and no one really, you know, you kind of probably have to learn to be kind of a loner at that point, right? Well, I mean, obviously just depending on the team, depending on what position you're going to play. So, you know, primarily just play outfield. So that's been the lane. But yeah, as you said, you know, had my initial break into, I was playing, you know, third base, first base, so corner infielder. Corner infielders typically talk to middle infielders, but don't talk to the other corner infielders. And then, you know, those same guys will talk. It's super strange. And that's why, you know, you see movies, you know, I use uh, major leagues as an example. You see the two guys up the middle, they're best friends, but they're best friends because they'll talk to each other because they're not trying to compete for each other's position. Now you'll see two shortstops typically won't be best friends. You won't see two third basemen be best friends. It's really, it's such a strange dynamic, but it's so heavily ingrained into the culture that, yeah, you have to have a mindset. And one that, you know, you and I have talked about as well too, is like, I meet people away from the field all the time. They're like, oh my God, you're a totally different person because I've developed this mindset. And I always use Kobe as an example, right? He always had that thing where he was like, you know, I would get into this mindset where when I'm in my zone and when I'm doing what I want to do, get out of my way, leave me alone, don't talk to me, right? So when I step onto the field, I'm not the guy that's going to be talking in the dugout. I'm not a rah-rah guy. You know, I'm not going to be doing the cheer, cheer, rah-rah thing. I'm focused in on what I'm doing. I'm writing notes about what I'm doing to be successful because I know that's what's helped me. The times when I've, you know, shifted away from that is when I haven't been successful. So you really have to develop that mindset where you kind of go into that locked in zone. Some guys can be the clown, right? You of course every have every team has that guy. But you notice I use Eric Burns as an example. Eric Burns was that clown in the dugout. How many teams did that guy play on? Because no team wanted to keep him because he was he was his play would fluctuate up and down all the time. You know, you look at baseball trajectory in the last, you know, 50 years, some of the most hated players are the best players. Reggie Jackson, everybody hated that guy, but he was an absolute legend. Mickey Mantle wasn't, you know, all that well liked. Barry Bonds, for an example, I know you're a Giants fan, yeah. use him. Everybody hated him. Him and Jeff Kent hated each other. But the thing is, right. they had that same mindset. And then you, the funny thing is, everybody only talked about them at the field. There's lots of stories about them away from the field talking and being friends. So, it is such a unique dynamic and, and it's definitely helped me learn a lot about myself and obviously trans into, transition into a lot of the stuff that we've talked about that I have going outside of baseball as well. Yeah. So before we get to that, because I want to talk about kind of what you're doing, because we're kind of with COVID, it's kind of adjusted your situation just a little bit over in Germany. But, you know, the competition thing is kind of one of those crazy deals. And we talked a little bit about this morning, like how you act in the dugout in pro ball versus how you act in the dugout, like in college or high school. 
you basically kind of told me that you don't really talk a lot to anyone in the dugout because you're trying to stay in that zone. Can you talk a little bit about why that is? Well, I think it's, you know, it's important just to understand yourself. I mean, whether we're playing a sport or we're doing business or anything, you really have to know your strengths. And I know for myself, when I get into that zone, if I stay in that, I'll be okay. But if I get distracted or I let something else outside of my control take me out of that, it's really hard for me to get back into it. So the easiest thing for me to do is, you know, there's lots of dugout tricks and different things like that going on. You know, you always have different guys joking around. You have different people doing different things. But for me, I always have the same spot in the dugout that I go to. I sit there. And usually after, you know, first three, four games playing with a new team, they recognize that and they just leave you alone, right? And, and that is something that in college, right, you're sitting there, you'll have coaches coming at you or players coming at you, oh, be a team guy, get up, you know, do whatever. And it's like, no, man, like, leave me alone. I need to do my own thing. Whereas in pro ball, everybody's kind of understanding like that's what's going on. Whereas some teams, you can definitely tell where they've a lot more veteran players. The veterans pick that up right away and they kind of almost cater or bring the rookies or younger guys along. Where if it's a young team, you'll see that's why a lot of teams aren't successful because they have so many young guys that don't understand that. And you'll see, I, I, I'm going to use them as an example. Toronto Blue Jays have one of the youngest rosters in the big leagues right now. They're not successful because you look, they're joking, they're jumping around all the time. What's great? They'll hit a big home run and then the next inning, because they're riding that high and every other team is just staying level like this, the other team will come back, score a couple runs and they'll lose, right? Because you can't, in particularly as you know, in baseball, if you ride that emotional roller coaster, the other team that stays level is going to beat you. So it's like you have to find whatever it is for yourself to stay locked in. Yeah. And you can't stay complacent in the middle of that because if someone does hit a home run, that doesn't mean that that's the end of the game. You know, it's, and, and that's the hardest part. I think, I think that Kids these days always sit there and they think that that's the number one thing because that's a big stat. You look cool when you do that, but that's not mm-hmm. what scores runs. I mean, that's one out of, you know, that could be one hit out of the whole game and it could be one where they could score tons of other runs on different, you know, on singles, doubles, and triples. So it's, I think that's the hardest thing to teach anymore is the competition part of it. These kids are, you know, honing in on one thing. And it was funny when you were talking to me about, you know, first and third baseman or the person behind you, because I remember when I was in high school, I was always looking at the guy in front of me. I was always the I was always the second string guy. You know, I I could hit really well, but I wasn't a very good fielder. And I'm the backup first baseman, but I'm the designated hitter, right? And I want to play first base, but the guy in front of me is better than me. And so I'm always doing everything I can to try and get that guy's position, which is kind of what happens in pro ball, except for now money's tied to it, right? Well, and what's so interesting too, and, and kind of just alluding on something that you were saying there, I've, I've literally heard in the dugout, you know, whether it been like I suffer an injury myself or, you know, I'm just sitting out for a couple of games because, you know, we're on a bit of a hot streak and we coach is trying to keep everybody fresh for playoffs, whatever the situation is. And I've heard, you know, pitchers in the bullpen or I've heard, you know, different position guys go, oh, I really hope he strikes out here. And that is a whole other, nev- you know, another level of hearing, right? And it, it but it, it's one of those crazy things. And one thing to kind of touch on the competitiveness, one thing that I've really recognized over the past 10 years, you know, whether it be culturally or whatever it is, there's a lot more of this. Oh, I know that guy on the other side of the field. That's my friend. I'm like, even if I know that guy across the field, I'm not going to go up to him during a game and be like, hey, man, how's everything going? Like, that guy is essentially taking away from, you know, the money that I could possibly be making because all it takes is for my team to see, oh, this guy's good. He then transfers over to my team, takes away from me. I'm not going to let that happen. So a lot of kids don't necessarily recognize it. And it happens with scholarships all the time, right? You have a lot of guys, they'll play against each other. And yeah, I know there's a lot more travel ball. So people are playing against each other consistently. 
But what's really interesting to get this mindset where it's like, oh, that's my friend. And maybe they ease up that little bit. All it takes that one game, you ease up, scout sees that opportunity gone, right? Yeah. And it's crazy. We talked a little bit about, you know, like how that works out for people signing these one-year contracts in MLP over here. And I'm assuming it's the same in Germany, but they'll sign a one-year contract, but it's almost like a relief if they get a multi-year deal because they know that they're going to be there for a while. Whereas a one-year deal, it's like either I don't want to get hurt or I'm going to have to work as hard as I can to get that big contract. Well, and that's what's so, you know, so interesting when it comes to professional sports. You see a lot of these guys sign these ridiculous long-term deals with so much money. And, I, and you know, I'm, I'm pumped for them because I understand when you have that one-year contract, a lot of times what can happen is, you know, you it's always in the back of your mind, right? Whether you want to admit it or not, subconsciously, you're thinking about it. So you might be putting a little bit more pressure on yourself, especially late in the season, right? If you're a guy that came into that contract the year before and you had put up big numbers and, you know, all of a sudden the next year, all of a sudden halfway through the year, you're not putting up the same numbers you did the year before. You start pressing a little bit. And as you know, in baseball, you press a little bit, you're, you're not going to play well, right? It's one of those weird things. You have to be focused, but you also have to be relaxed. It's a strange dynamic to be able to get yourself into it. And so it's really, you know, it's really difficult to be able to find that balance. But with a one-year contract, again, like you're looking at it going, they might be shopping somewhere else. And that's also one thing that I think a lot of people have to recognize. Like you said, it is a business, right? So oftentimes teams are vying for other guys behind the scenes. I know there's a lot of tampering rules and different things like that, but guys will be talking to you halfway through the season. And so it's so important to make sure that you're locked in and focused. And that's why multi-year deals, you'll see guys that sign those typically have way better numbers in their first three, four years of their deal if it's a five, six-year deal, because they're not concerned about that. Where a guy that signs a one-year bridge deal, he might come out roaring, put up huge numbers early, but then late in the season, he's pressing, so his numbers drop off or adversely goes the other way, right? It's so it's the same as anything. If you're comfortable, you're going to be a lot more successful. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing, you know that that's the way that it works. But you don't think of that as a person from the outside looking in on a professional athlete. You look at the guy who's out there just working, he's playing a game and it's always a game to you. It's not something that, you know, it's like, oh, that's a game. It's not a job where you have had to make that switch that it is a job because you're actually getting paid to perform just like you are in any other job. So speaking of that, you know, I mean, one of the big things that we talk about a little bit is COVID right now has kind of put you in a position, you know, being where you're at, where you might might or might not have a job in baseball anymore. Obviously, the goal is to continue to play baseball because that's what you want to do. But there's no idea of when this is what's going to happen, when baseball is going to be back to normal and all that stuff. How are you dealing with that? What's what's your thought process on what's going on with baseball in Germany? I think they're going to have a season here in the USA, but a lot depends on numbers. What's it looking like over there? Um, well, so at the moment, the season was set to start at the end of March, as it usually does, and then obviously run through September. But right now, it looks like probably the end of May starts. So we'll see kind of what happens there. Again, it's one of those things, control what you can control, right? Don't get too caught up in it. So for myself, just kind of really focusing on staying on top of the knee, making sure that fully recovered from the knee surgery last year, just making sure I'm in shape, making sure that when the season does come around, I'm ready to go. And yeah, just kind of staying on top of my mindset. So I'm not letting it bother me because, you know, it's so easy to look and go, ah, kind of get down because there's, you know, the waning possibility. So just kind of staying on top of that every day, whether it be doing breathing, you know, going for walks, runs, getting outside, doing some grounding exercises, whatever I'm doing, just make sure I'm staying on top of my mentality. Even though you're a pro athlete, you continue to work on the side and bring in revenues in other ways, which is great because you're not playing now, right? So you're able to Mm -hmm. make that happen this way. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing 
right now while you're waiting for baseball to start up again? Well, I think that's one of the biggest things that, there, you know, there's an illusion for a lot of people that when you are a professional athlete, that like, that's all you do. You know, you talk to most people that are pro athletes, they're, you know, whether they're investing or they're got some other gigs they're doing along the line, because each and every one of us has to have that realization that at some point, unfortunately, the game's going to end. You know, it, it you don't want to come to that realization, but it is a fact, right? You're going to hit that point where somebody's going to tell you you're no longer good enough. So by kind of setting myself into that mindset of obviously staying focused and everything, but also understanding, like you said, during COVID, I can't just sit back and rest on my laurels and go, oh yeah, I'm going to wait for baseball. So I started, um, you know, diving into, obviously I have my own podcast, as you alluded to earlier, which has been going great. And then I've been able to get involved with some different companies. I've done some behind the scenes marketing for a company based in British Columbia, Canada for a while that actually does diversibility and they actually help people with mental and physical disabilities with outreach programs and kind of helping them, which obviously during COVID is so important because everybody's missing that connection to the human element, right? Everybody's looking to what is going on and, you know, where is everybody at and kind of staying on top of mental health. So it's so important. You know, if you're a person that is already down that path of self-improvement, whether it be by you know, looking at reading, doing journaling, doing meditation, doing breathing, whatever it is, all your self-improvement practices, it will just kind of help heighten all of that and really kind of take it to the next level. So definitely something I'm really excited for. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of, there's some other stuff that you're doing too. You're kind of doing like a, you're kind of a jack of all trades. What is, what is going to be your main focus here in the next, you know, six months besides you're working on for a couple other businesses as well, right? Well, and uh, obviously, just like you said, alluded to, depending on where things go with the baseball season, kind of looking at that. And then obviously, just kind of really focusing on some of the different investment stuff that I have going on and really kind of, as you said, taking on a bigger role with the other company based in British Columbia. Because I, I do see, as you and I have talked about so much, is the mental health in the world right now is uh, one of the biggest things. So really being and then the company in British Columbia and being connected to mental health is huge too. So. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing more from your podcast and I know that we're going to continue to do this. I want to be respectful of your time. I know that it's pretty late, but I think that this is probably a good stopping point to go ahead and start again with the next time that we get on. I'm, 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 I think that we should probably make this, you know, maybe a four time series once a month. And, um, I look forward to kind of making that go because I think that you have so much information and I think that we have great platforms to kind of share that and help other people grow. Mindset's something that's really important to me. I know that you're reading a lot of books. I try to read as many as I can. You, can you leave us with one that you would really, you would really think that would be a good one to start with, with mindset? Uh, I have three that I'll, I'll mention about. So one, if somebody's kind of uh, looking for kind of that jump start to maybe look at things in a different perspective is The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. Uh, it's a great book. The one thing that I really like about it is he, he curtails the story through a story of characters. He has a few characters that go through the self-development journey with you as you're reading. And it's, it's quite an easy read to do. Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk is great for people that are kind of looking for a different perspective. And I really like how he takes the monk practices um, and puts it into real life, you know, so to say that isn't at a monk chapel or temple, and he's putting it into every day with social media and different things like that. And then the last one would be for people that are kind of just really looking for, you know, a release of different things like that daily. It's uh, 365 days of daily stoic. It's by um, Ryan Holiday. Every single day, it's just a little expert of 
you know, kind of how to stay centered in the moment and kind of how to just really not focus too much on the external to kind of just really focus on the external because we can't control what's going on in the government. We can't control what's going on outside. We can only control what's going on in our own bubble. Well, that's exciting. I look forward to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to look into that 5am club. That's been something that's always been like, every time you mention that one, I'm like, Hey, I need to check that out because I'm up at 5am every day. So I need to, I need to get in on that. You know, Atomic Habits was a great one for me to listen to and help me kind of learn how to stack those habits. You always have great recommendations. If anyone wants to find you or your podcast, can you kind of tell us where we can get you at? Yeah. Uh, the podcast is on every podcast platform. So uh, iTunes, Spotify, all the big ones. And check it out. It's called the Limitless Possibilities Podcast as well on Instagram and uh, Facebook at the Limitless Production. And then uh, just being able to reach out uh, via email, which is the LPP production at uh, gmail.com. And Zach is very responsive with responding to people as am I. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch with him and you can't get a hold of him, hit me up, check me out on Instagram. All the stuff will be linked in the show notes so you'll have an easy time finding him. Zach, I want to say thank you for taking the time. I'm glad it's not 3 a.m. like it was the last time for you. <laughs> so I know you're probably not going to go to bed right now, but uh, good luck with that if you are. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Wes. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in to the special edition with Zach Johnson, returning guest. I hope that you have a great day. Until next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success. Little little timer action. They can see me. They can hear Zach, right? They they can't hear you though. Oh, they can hear me because I turned it on. Hi, I'm here. It's the voice of Jeff. You guys ever seen the Wizard of Oz? This is kind of what it's like. He's the wizard. Yeah, I'm wearing like green emerald shoes today with a giant diamond encrusted belt that goes around my stomach because I was a prize fighter at one time in my dreams. But they still gave me the belt. Man, these nerds. Got some weird dreams sometimes. It's okay, though. It's okay. Your your other guest the other day, he, he, he was on the Barney show. Yeah, can you believe that? That's pretty cool. And was it wasn't it Tom Hanks that told him that after this movie I'm gonna be unemployed just like you? No, he didn't say that. Uh, well, it was another guy. It, I, it's kind of the truth. Yeah, it was another guy. But um, I I somehow thought it was Tom Hanks. No, Tom Hanks was one of the people that he worked with, but uh, it was another guy. Well, I mean, he was right though. You know, really, every actor is. Partially employed, part part timers, and after that two month stint, they're out of out of work. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of you know, I mean, I I look at it this way: it's kind of like my job. It's like a commission job, you know. It's it's the same thing. You have a job for a little bit. There's a contract. If the contract runs out, then you're done. Same as baseball, man. Yep, very true. Mm -hmm. Which is why we're going to be talking to a baseball dude today. In yeah, only five, talk four, three, two, one, go.